Thank you for listening to the Vantage Point Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. We're starting a brand new series today. I dropped the ball there. Sorry about that. Uh, and, and let me just say, today is the introduction. I know some of you are like, you, you like sermons, you like messages that are really heavy on scripture. Uh, but today is an introduction. So hang with me. We're going to have some verses. They're going to tie it all together at the end of the message. But keep coming back in the, in the weeks to follow. We're going to really dive into scripture. It's going to be awesome. But today is an introduction. And uh, this new series, we're calling it When You See It. When you see it. Now, how many of you have seen those, um, those posts on social media? You know, when you see it. When you see it, you're not going to believe it. Like, when you see it, craziest thing ever. Don't say anything. Just post, got it, and, and pass it along, right? Have you, any, anybody seen some posts like that, right? Maybe you've seen pictures like this. Let's, let's look at this picture. Okay, don't say anything, but when you see it, just raise your hand. Okay, just look at the picture. Do you see it? Some of you see it. You're like, I don't see it, but I'm just going to raise my hand because I want to feel cool. Okay, let's, let's go to the next picture. Okay, I don't even see the circle there. There's a third person on that bike. There's a child in there somewhere. Um, I'm not sure how they're breathing, but they're in there, okay? <clears throat> Let's go to the next picture. So here's a guy. He's getting ready for No Shave November, right? Isn't that cool? Raise your hand when you see it. He's also a dog lover. Oh, do you see it now? That's not his face. You're like, oh, that's unfortunate. No, that's a dog, Okay. <laughs> but when you see it, now, now we can't help but see the dog, can we? Once you see it, you can't see it the same way, okay? But now sometimes how we see things, it's a matter of our perspective, like this next picture, okay? Look at this. W what do you see? How many, some of you see an older lady. Raise your hand if you see an older lady, okay? God's you see an older lady. Okay, you put your hands on now. But some of you see a young lady. Raise your hand if you see a young lady, okay? Uh, some of you are wrong, right? I, I don't know, but it's based on our perspective. So it all depends on, do you see an eye there or an ear? That, that determines what you see, right? Okay. Let's, let's do, <laughs> I love this. You guys are having fun. Uh, it's, it's okay to have fun in church, isn't it? Like, I didn't know we could do this. Okay. Let's look at a more recent example. How many of you guys remember this? Okay. Is it, oh, you're like, oh, grown. Like, I thought we were done with that. Is it pink and white or gray and blue? Okay, now what I love, I love the comments, you know. The shoe looks pink and white to me. What, what do you guys see? I'm going crazy this morning. The shoe is pink and white, and now the same picture, it's, it's blue and gray. Okay, now what's crazy here is, is um, <laughs> what's amazing is, is we'll look at this picture, and, and we'll think, you know, well, obviously it's this. I mean, I mean, how could anybody see it any other color? But then you go and you talk with a friend, like, well, no, I think, it, I think it's blue and gray. And, like, and then what happens? We, we start to, we start to, to question uh, their intelligence, right? The, the intelligence of a friend, like, like you, you must be stupid or something. How, can you, how could it be anything but this color? Or we question their morality, right? Well, you're just lying. You're just being difficult. Of course it's this color, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of amazing. And then it also kind of depends on whether or not we're, if we're in the majority or the minority. Think about it. If you're with a, a big group of people and they all look at the shoes and they think, well, they're pink and white. Well, then you start kind of questioning yourself, right? Well, maybe I'm not seeing it right. Maybe it's me. Maybe they really are pink and white and there's just something wrong with my eyes. Isn't that amazing? But now here's the important thing. Now imagine that we're not talking about something as simple as shoes. What if we were talking about shoes? What, what if we were talking about sexuality? 
or race or science and technology, what things we embrace, we choose to embrace and lean into, and what things we push back against. See, this is such a big deal, isn't it? How we see the world, how we see the world affects every part of our lives. How we take in and process information and, and how we formulate our response and interact with the world around us. And then how do we know that what we're seeing, I mean, how do we know that we're seeing things accurately? All of this has to do with, with a concept called worldview, okay? What is our worldview? A worldview, it's kind of a big word, but all it really means is it's the grid or the framework through which we see the world and we organize the world around us and how we interact with it, okay? I, I kind of, I, I like personally, I like the idea of a framework because think about it. Our world is messy, isn't it? I mean, it's messy. We, we deal with all sorts of things. I mean, think about it. In, in a single day, this, this might be like what your day looks like. You wake up in the morning and um, you, you wake up feeling kind of tired. So you think, well, man, maybe I'm not doing enough for self-care. And some of you, before you even get out of bed, you got your phone, right? You're looking at your phone. And then you go to the bathroom, you stand on the scale, and now you're thinking about your health. You know, am I taking care of my health? Um, taking the kids to the school and we're wondering, are they getting a good education? You know, maybe I should go back. Well, we used to take our kids to school, you know. So maybe you're still kind of halfway taking it. Who knows, right? Well, we'll see. Then we start to think, well, am I getting a good education? And then, you know, we stop at a, at a red light and we're checking our phone again. And then we think, am I, am I, am I engaging in too much technology? And then the light turns green and we start driving again and we drive by homeless people on the street and we're, we're faced with addiction and poverty and, and, and all sorts of, of, of issues there, uh, mental health. We get to work and we're making decisions at work and we're thinking about our vocation. You know, am, am I making enough? Am I making enough money? Am I doing enough good with my life? Is, is this what I should be doing? You know, I'm getting older. Well, you know, my parents are getting older. I, I should call mom at lunch. And then there's a ding. There's a notification on our computer or on our phone, and it's an email from CaringBridge that reminds us about our cousin who's going through cancer. Then we get in our car at the end of the day, and we start driving home, and there's a voicemail from a friend. Her and her, her spouse are getting separated. And all the while, the news is on in the background. We hear the news talking about the economic turmoil with China and how this could lead to a new, a new war. And all of this is coming at us, all this information in just a single day. I mean, what do we do with that? How do we process that? Life is messy. In fact, I think sometimes it kind of looks like this. But, well, no. That, on, on this side of the screen. See that? This is what sometimes our life looks like. See how messy it is? See how chaotic it is? How do we take in everything and deal with it, know what to do with it, right? So the, the other side of the screen, it kind of shows, um, it shows how we should, should deal with these, like a framework. Okay, a framework lets us know what to do with everything that's coming at us so we don't go crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you see there, there's all these shelves and there's, there's bins and boxes and there's even a paper shredder, which that's like a message in itself. Like there's some things in your life you should just shred and not hang on to, you know what I'm saying? Don't, I'm not going to go off, but okay. So a framework helps us to know what to do with everything that's coming at us. See, everyone has a worldview. Everyone has a worldview, but, but chances are we may not even be aware of what it is. In fact, it's kind of like asking a fish to describe water. You know, like a fish, they're immersed, they're, they're in water, they have no idea. How would you try to, to describe that? We all have a worldview, but we may not even be aware of how it affects us. Uh, so, you know, my, my wife and I 
uh, we did foster care for a number of years. And when we were involved in foster care, there's all these different trainings and helping us to understand how to, how to care for these kids and their families and things that were going on. And I remember one of the trainings was all about attachment and how little, little newborn babies attach with uh, their parents or their caregivers and how when a newborn is coming in the world, that they're making all these connections about the world around them. And, you know, if their caregiver comes to them when they cry, if their caregiver comes to them quickly and responds to their needs, uh, they, they change them or uh, they feed them and they comfort them, the baby recognizes, oh, there's chemicals that re are released and the baby recognizes, okay, my needs can be met, the world is a safe place. And yet so many times kids that go into foster care when they're, they're little, uh, you know, to no fault of their own, what happens, whether it's because of substances or, or mental health, but they have unreliable caregivers. And so they're making these connections and they're not sure if their needs can be met. And so then what they do, and they don't even recognize this, is they, they come to the conclusion that the world must not be a safe place. A framework is being established and they're not even aware of it. You know, I think of, I think of the young girl that maybe dad wasn't around in her, in her life. And so there was men in and out of her, of her life. And, uh, you know, when she got to, to puberty, uh, men began taking notice of her. And um, she got her heart broke several times. And so she came to the conclusion, you know, framework was being established that, well, the thing that really matters are my looks and men can't be trusted. That's a worldview. I think about the young boy growing up that the dad is very busy with work. And so the only time he gets positive attention from his dad is when he, he scores on the field or he brings home good grade, grades. And so framework is being established. And what it's saying to him, and he doesn't even recognize it, is that, that what matters is performance. When I achieve, I have value and I'm worthy of love. Now think about someone taking that into a marriage, right, where, where the rules aren't always so simple. It's not always so cut and dry, how that affects us. Worldview. See, we're born into a worldview. I mean, there are ways we tend to see things as Americans. We, we tend to see things through, through red, white, and blue glasses, okay? And we, we're not even aware of that, that, that there are certain things that we see just as innately right and wrong. That's the, that, that's the way they should be. And this is, this is good and this is bad as Americans. And you know, the one of the ways I can tell that is just the very fact that we think that we have a right to have an opinion about these things. Right, that we think we should, be a, we should be able to voice our opinion about everything, and that's our right. That's a little bit of American freedom that's part of our worldview. Okay, let, let me just give you one more example, and then, then we're going to move on. Okay, I want you to imagine that maybe you're going on a road trip with some friends, okay? And it's a long trip, and you get in the car, and you're driving for a while, and everybody's getting hungry, so you're going to stop uh, and get some fast food. And, of course, you're going to stop at In-N-Out or Chick-fil-A, the only two acceptable options. <laughs> <clears throat> Just saying. Okay, so you stop and you get some fast food. You start driving again and you're, you're eating and you finish your food and, you, you know, you're in the, the, the passenger seat and your, your friend's like, oh, you, are you done with that? Yeah, I, I can take your trash. Yeah, okay. You hand him the trash and what does he do? He rolls down the window, takes your bag of trash, chucks it out the window. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what just happened here? And then he, he's finishing up and he's taking his trash. He throws his trash out the window and he's like, hey, are you done with your drink? And you're like, I, I, do I give him my drink? He, I know he, he's going to throw it out the window. What do you, and he just takes the drink, tosses it out the window, and then he starts, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, my car's such a mess. Starts reaching around the car and throwing things out the window while you're driving on the freeway. Now, let me ask you, how does that make you feel? A little stressed out, right? Like, this is not okay. Something in this says, that's not right. You're not supposed to do that. Well, who told you that? Well, it's illegal. There's fines. 
Oh, but it's also illegal to speed. And there are fines for that. But we don't feel the same way about speeding as we do about people littering and throwing trash out the window, do we? Isn't that interesting? Why is that? Okay? It's amazing because here's the thing. If we were to go to other parts of the world, there are, there are parts of the world where they don't have that same value, where you, they'll just throw trash on the ground and everywhere, it's all around them. And it's not that they don't see it. It's that it just doesn't bother them. Why? Because they're seeing the world through different lenses, through different lenses. Now, now here's the question. Okay, I mean, this is kind of fun, and we laughed a little bit at some of the pictures, but why are we talking about this? I mean, what does this have to do with us? Well, here's the thing. As followers of Jesus, our worldview is different. How we, how we view the world, how we take it in is different. See, here's the thing. When we became, when we became a Christian, what we said is, God, God, I'm giving you my heart. Here's my life. I want to live for you. I want to follow you. Would you lead my life? And, and God's response to us is this. Okay, you're giving me your heart. Well, I want to give you my eyes. And as we're in relationship, as we're doing life together, I want to help you see the world the way I see it and respond to it the way I would respond to it. See, God wants our framework, how we organize and interact with the world. He wants to be based on his revealed will to us. And his revealed will comes from the Bible. It's what we would call a biblical worldview. Now, now you might be saying, okay, what is a biblical worldview? And there's, there's a lot I could say, but I'm just going to kind of give you a, just um, in a nutshell, what, what, a, what a biblical worldview kind of looks like. Let's throw, throw this up on the screen. If you want, you can take a picture of this on your phone if it's easier. Okay, so a, a biblical worldview would kind of start with this, with the understanding that God exists. In a biblical worldview, we'd say God exists and he is the, he's at the center. He is the focal point of, of what we're, we're doing. And we would say that God created life, right? God created life, so that means life uh, has meaning and life has purpose. That humanity, that we were created in the image of God, we were made good, but then we were skewed by sin, right? We look at like the world and say, well, well, why are some of these terrible things happening? If we're made in the image of God, why do people do such terrible things? Because we've been, we've been skewed by sin. God made us with free will. He gave us a choice. He didn't want us to be robots. It'd be like if, you're, if you had your, you know, uh, your kids, you, you hired someone to be their friend, you know, like, just, just be nice to him. I know, I know he's, kind of, he's kind of, you know, self-absorbed, but here, here's 20 bucks. Just be his friend. Like, how would your kids feel if they found that out? You know, I didn't like it. Just kidding. <laughs> See, God, God doesn't want robots. He wants people that choose him. And so God gave us choice and humanity. We chose sin. We chose to go our own way. And so because of that, we're kind of skewed by sin, but there is redemption that we can receive through Jesus. Okay, how does, how does a biblical worldview look at truth? that right and wrong, we would say that right and wrong is unchanging, and we know this through God's revealed will through the Bible. We can know what right and wrong is. It's knowable and it's unchanging. Growth. How do we grow as human beings, right? How do we get better? We would say growth is a result of redemption, that, that, that change, real change happens from the inside out. As we submit to God and his principles, he works in our life, and he brings about true and lasting change, okay? Um, the, the world around us, a biblical worldview would say this world is temporary, okay? That, that we're here to live holy and heavenward lives. And that while we're here, we have a mission. We're not just kind of random and kind of hanging out, that we have a mission. That mission is to reconcile people back into a relationship with God. 
Okay, that's a nutshell. That's what a biblical worldview kind of looks like. Now let's compare that a little bit with a secular worldview. Let's throw the next slide up there. A secular worldview. A secular worldview would start with the idea that, that they'd say, well, there is no God. Or, you know, we can't know for sure. It's un unknowable. Or they would say, well, maybe, maybe a divine being kind of set things in motion, but now they're hands off, and it's kind of just up to us. And so in that worldview, we would say that humanity is at the center. It's called a humanism, where humans are the center and, and the focal point of everything, okay? Um, let's see. I lost my place. Now, they would say that life, is, it, it, because there is no God or it is unknowable, then life is random. Like, it was just a, an accident, you know? Chemicals came together, and we're we're randomly here, and I, I don't have time to, to explain all the intricacies that would have to happen for that just to randomly happen, right? Okay, but they would say that life is random, and um, uh, th they would say that, that we are animals. We're just animals, but we're basically good. Now, doesn't that kind of seem like an oxymoron? We're, we're just animals, you know? That means that, you know, we just follow our instincts. We just kind of do what instincts tell us, and we can't really be held accountable because we're just animals, but we're also basically good. But I think that's kind of an insult to animals, right? Because here's the thing. Animals don't rape. Animals don't start wars. They don't commit genocide. Animals don't hate other animals based on the color of their fur, right? Only humans do that, okay? Truth. A humanistic worldview, uh, a secular worldview would say the truth is relative or they'd say it's, it's situational, Okay, would say, well, you can't say that people in other parts of the world are wrong uh, for not letting women drive cars. That's, ju that's just their culture. They're not wrong for forcing children to marry old men, you know. You can't say that that's wrong. Well, what about stealing? We would say, well, stealing is wrong. Well, but what if someone, you know, what if someone committed injustice against you, and so that means you can go now and you can steal from businesses because, you know, an injustice happened. They'd say truth is situational. Um, you know, we should listen to science, okay? We, we should listen to science. But if biology says one thing about our nature, but my feelings say something else, well, this is my truth, okay? Uh, truth, they would say, is situational. So we're basically good, so then how does growth happen? Well, they would say, uh, the, the, um, the secular worldview would say that, that growth happens from the outside in. It's all about resources, so if we can give you enough education and create enough legislation and have enough programs, then, you know, we can draw the goodness out of you. You know, we've been trying that for a long time with mixed results, right? Okay, they would say that it happens from the outside in. <clears throat> this world, look at the world and say, well, this world, you know, it's here and now. What you see is what you get. We, in the biblical worldview, you'd say live holy, but that's not the, the value of our culture, is it? The value of our culture would say be happy, right? Be happy. If, if marrying this person over here is going to make you happy, well, be happy. You know, but if leaving your family and marrying and running off with someone else is going to make you happy, be happy, right? As long as you don't hurt anybody. But how do we define that? Okay, they say the world is here and now. It's, it's uh, YOLO, which I know no one <laughs> says that anymore, right? And so in a biblical worldview, we would say we have a mission. But in a secular worldview, what would they say? We have a moment. Have you heard that? Before? Well, we have this moment. So let's cast off restraint because we just, we just have a moment, okay? Can you see the contrast? Let's throw up the other slide, okay? Here they are. Okay, a biblical worldview and a secular worldview. And though, even though, you know, here's the challenge. We may believe that, right? 
But we live over there, don't we? Right? We, we believe that, but this is where we grew up. We're kind of immersed in that. It's kind of like this. I don't know if any of you have gone, um, you know, mountain climbing or hiking up in the high mountains. I've got friends that have gone hiking in, in other parts of the world, and they said that they're on this mountain, and they look off, and in the distance, there's a big old cloud. And uh, we know clouds are real, right? I mean, you raise your hand, you agree clouds are real. Okay, good. We're all on the same page. So I'm like, I'm not going to raise my hand for anything. Um, <clears throat> It's the coolest thing. This cloud is coming, and it's coming right towards him. Next thing you know, he looks over, and, like, he's, like, standing in a cloud. Like, like we can see clouds. He, he's actually touching a cloud. He's looking around. He can't see the ground around him. He, the cloud is, like, kind of, like, hovering over him. And then all of a sudden, it passes on, and, and it's gone. He can see again. But he said, there's, like, this, it left, like, this residue of moisture on him. See, we have a cloud, too, in our, in our culture. Here, let me just do a little science lesson for you, okay, because, and uh, it's going to be very basic um, because I'm not that smart. But do you know how clouds form? The way clouds form is that temperatures change quickly, moisture is drawn up, and that's how a cloud is formed. Okay, temperatures change rapidly, and that's when, how, how many, how many think like our, is the temperature in our culture, does it change rapidly? <laughs> Have you noticed that? Like, like it, it does change rapidly. See, I think we are experiencing what I would call a pop culture cloud, okay? We're living with the pop culture cloud, <clears throat> okay? And a, the pop culture cloud, it's made up by, uh, by generally held beliefs by a culture, okay? The, 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 our culture at large would say, hey, this is, this is generally good and bad. This is generally right and wrong. We're kind of all on the same page. This is what our culture kind of kind of holds to, okay? Now, let me, what would we say maybe some of the things that would be in our pop culture cloud? Well, I would say maybe uh, you should never hurt a child. I think our, our, our culture as a whole would say that that's a value that we hold to. It is never right to hurt a child. But what are some other things in our, in our pop culture cloud? Maybe I'd say tolerance and, and acceptance. Now, now, some of these things, you know, me and you, we, we may not uh, hold to these things, but I think our culture at large, if you were to turn on an award show, some of these things would be held up as virtues of our culture, right? Even if we may not totally agree. Things like, like equality or uh, uh, things, like, um, things like something. A woman's right to choose. Sorry. <laughs> my, my iPad is messing up today. A woman's right to choose. Okay, now, now here's the thing. You know what's interesting about clouds? What's great about a cloud is also what's terrible about a cloud. Because clouds, they're always changing. They're always shifting. They keep moving, okay? Imagine if you've ever, like, like looked at a cloud and like, oh, my gosh, that cloud, it looks like a ship, right? And like, hey, honey, come look at this. Oh, it's gone. Now it looks like a blob, right? A, who knows? A, a dog or something, right? Clouds are always shifting and changing. And here's the thing. What if tomorrow we were to get up and say, you know what? We're going to follow the, clou the cloud. We're going to follow the pop culture cloud, and we're going to embrace whatever values it holds to, and we're just going to lean all in, and we're going to base all our decisions on the cloud. And you know what? Many people do that. But here's the thing. If we were to, to do that 80 years ago, 80 years ago, then we would have embraced segregation because that's what the pop culture cloud embraced 80 years ago. Aren't we glad that the cloud shifts and changes? But in the same way, 80 years ago, it would have been unthinkable and illegal for a woman to terminate a pregnancy. 
Because the cloud, it shifts and it changes. Here's the thing. A cloud is not, is not something we should build on. Okay? It's not stable enough. You can't build on a cloud. It's always shifting and changing, and we see that more and more, don't we? See, what would have been celebrated five years ago can get you canceled today. And what is celebrated today may get you canceled next week because it's constantly shifting and changing. And we as believers, we need roots. We need a foundation, something we can build our lives on. There's no stability in that. See, and here's the thing. Everyone... Every one of us, we have all come in contact with um, pop culture clouds, okay, by no fault of our own. And just like the guy in the story, what happens is it leaves a residue on us, right? Just so we have some thoughts and some ways of behaving and ways of thinking that may not be biblical. It's cultural, and it's because we, we live here, right? We live here. And so the question is, how do we know? I mean, how can we, how can we deal with this? I like what Scripture says. We're going to jump into some Scripture now. Some of you are like, oh, my gosh, I thought he was never going to, going to open the Bible, okay? So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. We'll have the, the verse on the screen. 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. I think this kind of describes where we're at in our culture right now. Verse 3, it says this. It says, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they'll gather around themselves a great number of teachers to say whatever their itching ears want to hear, right? Is that where we're at right now? Yeah. Right? We, can, we can go online and we have the, the, the buffet, right? The buffet of beliefs. We can gather whatever we want, you know? We can go and we can get, you know, a little bit of a Buddhist beliefs and put it on our plate. And uh, we can grab some, some pops, pop culture psychology, put that on our plate. Um, you know, maybe a little side of socialism, because that's kind of kind of popular right now, or nationalism, just kind of depends on what your taste is, okay? Maybe sprinkle that with some, uh, some new age beliefs, and we can have, for dinner, we can have spaghetti and waffles, right? Like, it's a buffet. You can have whatever you want. You can have your, your Thanksgiving turkey and, and ice cream on the same plate, because that is the culture that we live in. We can just kind of pick and choose what we want and what makes us feel good and what tastes good to us. But you think, I mean, you can find anything on the internet. The internet can support all sorts of things. You know, like, uh, you know, flat earth, you know, no holocaust, uh, uh, Taco Bell is Mexican food, right? You can find the, the internet will say anything, right? Okay. Verse 4 says, and they will turn away their ears from the truth and turn aside to myths. And I think maybe if the author was writing today, maybe he would have said to conspiracies, because that's where our culture is at right now, right? We're so hungry for truth. We'll take a little bit of truth from here, and we'll believe the most outrageous things because we're hungry for truth. It's amazing. See, that's why we're told in Ephesians 4, verse 14, it says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine. See, that's what the cloud is. It's just a strong wind. It's just an idea. It comes and it goes. It passes by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful scheming. It says, don't let the wind of culture blow you from one outrage to the next, right? Just scrolling through your newsfeed, just getting angry about things. We need roots. We need roots so we know what we believe. Okay, so what can we do? How, how can we ensure the fact that, that we're seen right? I mean, what does that look like? Romans 12.2 says this. says, do not conform any longer 
to the pattern of this world. It says, it says the grid that the world uses, don't conform. Don't just kind of slide in and just kind of fit into place without even thinking. Don't conform. It says instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Re renewing of your mind. It's kind of like, you know, with, with our technology, it's constantly updating, right? It's taking old information. Like we have the residue of the, the, of the world on us, and it's updating us with correct information, with how to process and how to deal. Like, come on. Every day in 2020, we have to process something new. Like, what is this? You know what I'm saying? We need to update and renew our mind, refresh what we're thinking and what we're believing. Ephesians says it like this. It says, having your mind, have it being washed with the water of the word. Okay? Amen. We have to take time to wash off that residue uh, so that we can see clearly. And, and I love the results. It says, when we do that, when we take time in God's presence and we get into his word, his word, which is the basis for our beliefs, it says this. It says, then you'll be able to test and to know what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. We'll be able to test it. When we face all these things, we have, we have something that we can kind of uh, line up against. That's what God wants for us. So it's taking time in his presence and his word so that, that we can see him clearly. So, so what does that look like? What does it look like to see our Heavenly Father clearly? I think it looks a little bit like something like this. Hi. Hi, Piper. How are you? Hi, can you see? See that face? Can you see? Yeah. Hi, Piper. Hi. Wow. Can you see? <laughs> I think she can. <laughs> look at the reaction. You look so cute. Look, look at her hey. hand here in a second. Mind blown. It's amazing. She got to see her parents for the first time. She got to see them clearly. I, I watched a news report on this that said because she couldn't see. Oh, no, we could have kept showing it. Oh, it's a bummer. Um... <laughs> Because she couldn't see, she had difficult, difficulties crawling. She couldn't move forward in her life. But look at the reaction. Hi. I love this. When, when she sees her parents, when she sees her mom, and she sees her dad for the first time, and she sees how they look at him. You see the look on her face? You can stop Piper. it there. Hi. Watch that. That face. That's what your father wants to see. He wants to see that. He wants to see the light in our eyes when we recognize who he is and what he thinks and what he cares about. He wants us to see our lives from his perspective. And here's the thing. So many times, you know what our culture offers us? All our culture can offer us are tinted lenses. Right? They say, come here, here, see the way I see. Here, let me offer you some red glasses so you can see like a Republican. See it like this way. No, 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 you need blue glasses so you can see like a Democrat. This is the way you should see it. No, no, let me give you some green glasses so you can see through consumerism and money and, and career. No, let me give you some rainbow glasses so you can see your identity this way. Our culture, all they can do is color the world around us. Your heavenly father doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to color the way we see the world. He wants to clarify it. He wants to bring it all into focus, right? He doesn't want to just kind of taint over everything. He wants to bring it into crystal clarity so we can see what's good and we can see what's bad for ourselves. He wants us to see, and it starts with seeing him more clearly. That's what your Father in heaven wants for you. Matthew, 
Matthew chapter 4, talking about Jesus, it says this. It says those, it says the people who were living in darkness, it says those that were kind of stumbling around, tripping into things, bumping into things, not being able to see where they were going, hurting the people around them, hurting themselves, those people, you and me, right? Think back over your life. For some, maybe think over your weekend, right? Some of the choices, we're kind of stumbling in the dark, reaching out, not quite sure, trying to make sense of things. Everybody's offering us these glasses. It doesn't matter if it's dark. And it says, those who sat in darkness have seen a great light. That's what your father wants for you. He wants to turn up the light and give you clear vision so you can see what's really there. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much. God, you want us to see this world through your eyes. God, just like a, like a good father, you, you want your kids to see. You want us to see this incredible world because you know that, that when we see it, it'll never be the same. We'll never be the same. God, would you help us to do that? As we're praying this morning, there may be some that you'd say, you know, I, I think I've kind of allowed the, the pop culture cloud to seep into my life unchecked. Some you'd say, you know, I haven't been taking the time to wash off the residue of the world. I, I've been carrying into my relationships, into how I do life. It's affecting my mood. And God is speaking to your heart. He said, come on, you need to renew your mind daily. Hey, before you go out the door, before you go to work, take some time. It doesn't need to be an hour. It could just be a couple minutes. It doesn't need to be, uh, you know, chapters and chapters. But take just a couple minutes, a verse, and orientate your mind towards the Lord. T take two minutes, five minutes in prayer. Some of you, maybe before the day ends, before you walk back in the house, maybe you need to sit in your car and take a few moments before you re-engage with your family. I don't want to carry that residue to my kids. I don't want to carry that residue into the conversations with my spouse and hurt them. So I take two minutes in the presence of God. For some, maybe it's, it's in the middle of a chaotic day. You need to press pause. Maybe I'm speaking to some moms here with young kids or you're homeschooling your kids right now and it's chaos and it's craziness and in the middle of that, even if you just got to hide in the bathroom for five minutes, you have permission to do that, okay? Hide in the bathroom, take five minutes, spend it with Jesus. It'll make all the difference for your kids. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. But this morning, maybe you're here and you're like that baby in the video that was resistant, trying to fight their parents, trying to fight God, trying to push him away because you've always looked at it. You've gone to church and it's always felt like rules and restrictions and, and I have to do this to be accepted. That's, that's not the case. And so you kind of pushed back. You viewed God, anything to do with God, you kind of viewed it as control. But you never realized that, that your father loves you. He sees you and he wants you to see the world through his eyes because he knows that when you when you can see his face, when you can see how he looks at you, when you see it, when you see how he cares about you, when you see the plans that he has for you, when you see it, everything changes. So this morning, I want to invite you. Maybe today you'd stop fighting and say, God, I, I invite you into my life. I want to see from your perspective. If that's you this morning, I just want to give you an opportunity. I want to just take a moment. Say, so, you know, I've never, I've gone to church, I, I believe some of these things, but I've never, I've never yielded control. I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life, like, like for real. <laughs> this is your moment. This is your opportunity. Say, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I'm going to ask with everyone's eyes closed, if that's you today, if God's speaking in your heart, would you just raise your hand? I'm not going to call you up. I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to know who I'm praying for.
So today I want to give my heart to Jesus. I'm going to give you a moment. Well, if I didn't see your hand, I want to encourage you. Would you come and talk with me at the end of the service? I'd love to encourage you. I'd love to pray with you. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you so much. God, thank you that you want us to see this world through your eyes, from your perspective. You are our good Father who loves us. You want us to see this world for what it really is. God, I pray that you'd help us to do that. Help us to wash off the residue and see from your eyes. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.